Welcome to the Sidious Mac Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Chavez. The Sidious Mac Podcast is presented by Final Surge. No matter if you're an athlete or a coach, Final Surge helps plan and attain both short and long-term training success. Their free online training log is compatible with Garmin, Strava, Polar, Stride, Koros, and a slew of other apps and devices. If you're a coach, Final Surge makes planning and analyzing workouts simple and helps streamline communication with you and your athletes. Some of the top coaches in the world who have been guests on this podcast use it on a daily basis. If you're an athlete out there who's hammering miles and tempo runs solo with no guidance or direction, well, Final Surge is also here to offer up some world-class training programs. Get yourself a training plan for that spring 5K, that half marathon or full marathon that's on your calendar right now. They've got plans from Ben Rosario and NAZ Elite. Drew Hunter and Christine Thorne and the Tin Man Squad have their hammer and axe plans. You can always hit the classics with Greg McMillan or Boston Marathon champion Ambie Burfoot. And if you are a fan of the sport and are curious how the pros are training, Helen Taylor, Stephanie Bruce, and the rest of the NAZ Elite Squad share all of their training logs on Final Surge. Give it all a look at FinalSurge.com. Sidious Mag listeners can get 10% off their purchases by using code Sidious at checkout. So check it out today. Support for this episode also comes from listeners like you. Many thanks to everyone who has backed us on Patreon. Brett Averett is a true MVP by upping his monthly contribution. If you enjoy what we're doing across the City Smack Podcast Network, whether it's this show, Run Your Mouth, More Than Running, or if you just follow us to keep up with the latest news and happenings in the sport, support us over at patreon.com slash Mag. On Patreon, you can donate anything from a dollar a month, and we even have some people who contribute $20 a month or $30 a month. For those of you who are unable to commit to a monthly contribution, you can also make a one-time donation by sending any dollar amount over to Sidious Mag on Venmo. Feel free to include any message to let us know why. It could be because you enjoy the conversations, maybe we're keeping you company on a run or commute, or if you just want to shout out a friend, teammate, coach, or family member who really loves the show. Consider Venmo like a virtual tip jar. So thanks to Neil Carnahan this week who threw us a couple bucks and said great pods recently. Shelby Foster contributed and said thank you for some super inspiring words from Dina Castor. Great timing at the end of my Boston buildup. Get ready because Boston's just around the corner, so keep up the great work. And last thing before we get to the interview, I'm always grateful for the listeners who leave a little five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We just surpassed more than 300 episodes of the show, and we have over 1,000 reviews on Apple Podcasts. Let's up the reviews on Spotify. Your reviews and ratings help new people discover the show and let future sponsors know what you think. So thanks to people who shared the show on social media as well. I'm grateful for all that you guys do to get the word out. This is one of three episodes in our On the Rise miniseries in partnership with New Balance. A few weeks ago at New Balance Nationals Indoor, we got the chance to sit down and get to know three of the girls who are rewriting the record books and raising the bar on the U.S. high school distance running scene. Mac Fleet put together a nice video on our YouTube channel showcasing them and their friendship. You can check it out now on the Sidious Mag YouTube channel. We're dropping these three full interviews, Netflix style, all in one day for you guys to enjoy and learn more about who they are, what their backgrounds are like, and what excites them about their potential. So keep your eyes locked on some more details from New Balance Nationals as they just announced. The outdoor edition will be held at the University of Pennsylvania's historic Franklin Field from June 16th to 19th this summer. In this episode, we speak with Juliet Whitaker. She is a senior at Mount DeSales Academy in Catonsville, Maryland. Juliet is a super talented athlete who isn't one to back away from competition and throw herself in the mix for some fast times in the process. Last year, she ran an 800-meter personal best of 201.15 in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and then reached the semifinals of the U.S. Olympic trials at just 17 years old. This indoor season, she ran the high school indoor 1,000-meter record with a 239.41 and clocked the third-fastest high school indoor 800-meter time in 201.69. 
And finally, at New Balance National, she led the mile wire-to-wire to run a personal best of 437.23, which is the fourth fastest by a high school girl in U.S. history. She's committed to Stanford next year, and as you'll hear in this episode, her sense of humor and her personality will quickly make her an athlete whose career you'll want to follow for the next couple of years. So without further ado, here is Juliet Whitaker. So what's it like being back here at the Armory for New Balance Nationals? It's so great. Yeah, the last time I was, well, the last Nationals that I did was my freshman year. So that was a while ago. I raced the freshman mile. was so excited because I broke five. So definitely have grown a lot since then. So it's great to be back. What has that been like, sort of that, I mean, COVID disrupted, you know, a good chunk of your high school career. So it, it is crazy to think that, like, there was this long break before getting back to, like, a championship setting like this. Yeah, no, it's so crazy because, like, I think back to, like, the last time I raced indoor and, like, it was four years ago. Like, it's so weird to think about, like, sophomore, junior year, didn't have a season at all. Um, but I think it was great because I just got it, was able to get in a lot of training um, and kind of focus more on, like, the training aspect and not as many races. The mile over the 800. What went into that decision? Yeah, I kind of was honestly just tired of the 800. Last year I had done like, I don't know, like eight or nine 800 just preparing for the trial. So I really just wanted to step away from the 800. I felt like I had a lot more I could do in the mile. Um, so I really just wanted to give it a shot. And I knew there would be great competition in both races. So it's really a hard decision. But yeah, ultimately I chose the mile. What is your favorite event? Is it the mile or the eight? I don't know. I feel like I haven't done the mile enough to like know, but I feel like I like the mile just because it has a little more of a strength aspect to it, which I feel like I have more than just like straight speed in the eight. So, yeah. So we've been talking to Roisin and Sophia just kind of about how uh, the three of you are coming up together and it's a super exciting time for U.S. high school girls middle distance running and the three of you have been the ones that have really taken it to this next level how special has that been for you to be part of that yeah it's been so great to be part of i mean even just when i'm well first it's like great just to race them you know obviously great competition fast times but even just like seeing them excel like so much like inspires me so much like when they did their two flat at boston you know a few weeks ago like that just inspired and motivated me so much like even though i wasn't in the race like um, it just made me so excited to race. So yeah, it's been so great to be part of. Was there a little bit of FOMO? Because I know Sidious Mag, we put together the graphic of the all, all the all time list, and it's the two of them. And you were straight up very quickly into the comment section, just very happy for them. Yeah, it was definitely a little bit of FOMO. You know, I was supposed to actually be racing at that meet, um, the one K I was signed up for, but because um, family reasons, we weren't able to end up going. Um, and so, yeah, I was definitely like, oh, like, you know, I wonder what I could have run if I was in that race. But overall, I was just so excited for them. I could not stop smiling. <laughs> a couple weeks later, then you do end up running a really quick 800 to move into number three on the all-time list. Has that settled in now when you do look at, you know, the top three names are the three of you who have gone head-to-head -head together. How special has that been? Yeah, that it's definitely so special because usually, you know, looking back on those all-time lists, you know, the first couple of names are usually like people 5, 10, 20 years ago. So it's so crazy to think like those three times were all in 2022, like which is now, you know, it's so crazy. It's so present. You look at the names behind you now and it's Ajay Wilson, Sammy Watson, uh, a thing Mo, 
you know what they've done in their careers. You're above them. Has that processed yet? Not at all. It's still so crazy to think about. They, I look up to them so much and it's just so insane to see my names, you know, above those people that I've idolized for the past few years. You've gotten the chance to be in races with people like Ajay Wilson and Athing Mo. What is that like for you as a high schooler to be on the same starting line, look to your left, it's like, this is a world championship finalist, this is an Olympic medalist, and that's crazy. Yeah, it's definitely very intimidating, but such a cool experience just to have. Yeah, like definitely at the trials, you know, like I'm looking around, you know, when we're underneath about to go out to the track and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like starting to think like, oh gosh, I do not belong here. Like these people are so big, but it's just so cool. And they're all so kind. Like so many of them would say good luck to me before my race. And it just made me feel so much better and like so much relaxed. And yeah, it's so great. That feeling of belonging, has it gotten better? Um, a little, yeah, a little. Still, you know, I feel like I'll always just be intimidated by these big names, you know. Um, but definitely starting to get get more of a hang of it now. So that's going up against pros this weekend. It's only high schoolers. Do you still get nervous in races against fellow high schoolers? Yes, I actually get more nervous against high schoolers, which is funny. Like last year, um, after the trials, I went to Brooks PR and I raced the mile there. And, like, everyone was like, oh, my gosh, like, this must be so easy now. Like, you came off the trials. And I was like, honestly, I'm more nervous for this than the trials. Because, like, at the trials, you know, no one was really expecting much from me. I wasn't expecting, like, much from myself. Like, not in a bad way, but just, like, you know, I just wanted to have fun. I didn't want to put pressure on myself or anything like that. Um, so for the Brooks, it's, you know, it's more scary because you're racing against girls your age. Like, people expect certain people to win. And I just feel a lot more pressure. So it's definitely still nerve-wracking to go against high schoolers. When there is less sort of expectations, because some of those performances that you've had setting the the 1K record, the 800 time that you ran, like those have come at very low key meets where out in ocean breeze, as opposed to a grand stage like the Milrose games. And I feel like sometimes for a lot of people, like that's where, you know, the stakes are high, the pressure's on, people are watching, you know, it's on TV sometimes. And the magical performances happen at a much smaller stage where you do feel less pressure. How, I guess, were those settings where you did manage to run fast and it was more low-key? Yeah, no, that's definitely true. It's definitely a lot less pressure. Um, But I guess they both have their pros and cons, you know, not having people with me in the race, like, definitely feel like I could have gone faster. But, yeah, also not putting so much pressure and even just like walking in the meet and like not feeling like there's like a ton of people and like, you know, starting to get so nervous like I would at like Milrose or something when there are people everywhere, pros racing, like it's definitely a lot more nerve wracking. Um, but yeah, both are, have their pros and cons. <laughs> Before, you know, it was high school records and, and moving as far as you can on the all time list. I feel like last year was a time when the pressure was on because it was the Olympics, uh, the Olympic trial standard and the chase for that. And there's a deadline to hit. There's only a certain amount of weeks and you're racing and getting into these big opportunities. Eventually it did come together at the trials of miles meet in, in New York city. Uh, what was that whole process like to try and chase something of, you know, when you do qualify for the Olympic trials, you now have a shot to make the Olympic team. Yeah, it was definitely so crazy to think about, especially because you know, the first meet that I did um, after COVID was indoor at VA Showcase last year. And like, that's when I first got the um, Olympic trials qualifying time. And it was definitely weird because like, I was expecting to be chasing that like standard like the whole year and kind of like leading up to it. But it was so crazy, like the first meet I got it. So I think it did make the rest of the year like 
a lot more like relaxing but like still you know trying to just try and do like different strategies and different tactics to race so I feel like that was really nice um but yeah just the whole year kind of leading up to that race a lot of pressure definitely um it was probably at that Virginia showcase or it was I know it was at the Virginia complex that you went head-to-head against you know people like Sophia and Roisin Mm -hmm. and what, was that sort of the first big time that the three of you have kind of gone head to head? Yeah, it actually was because um, previously the year before it was like right before COVID and everything shut down. We had all done like di- well, Roshin and Sophia were at one meet and I was at a different meet and like we had no idea like each other were racing all this stuff and we ended up all like coming in like 0.05 of each other. Like one of us was like 203.01, 203.05, 203.08 or something like that. And so like that was like the first time that we I like honestly hadn't really raced them since then. And I was like, oh, wow, like these times are amazing. Um, so VA Showcase was the first time that we all were in the same race. And it was just so cool. You know, I definitely was pretty nervous before it, knowing that they were going to be in their race. But um, it was so fun just to run with them. And now we've become such great friends. So it just makes the races even more special. The people want to know probably is there a group chat with the three of you? Uh, yes, we do. <laughs> What's that consist of? Is it? less track talk and more sort of like here's the netflix show i'm watching here's the music i'm listening to what's in the group chat yeah i mean mainly it's um track talk and like organizing meets and stuff seeing what we're racing um but i definitely do talk to roisin a lot more just because she's going to stanford and like i've raced at more meets with her and between me and her we definitely have a lot more open conversations of kind of just anything we helped each other a ton like just in the recruiting process and like giving each other all of our pros and cons and trying to like think this through with each other. Um, so that definitely was such a help. So she committed first. What were you looking for in a, in a college decision? Now you get to be teammates next year. Yeah, no, I definitely wanted a place where, you know, I wasn't going to be the fastest person. I wanted a place where um, I could really just grow like athletically um, and just have like great workouts with great training partners um, and just like a team dynamic. When I visited Stanford, like I just fell in love with Um, the team and just how they all like just were so welcoming um, and like everyone was so different but like they all you know hung out together and it was just so amazing to see Um, so I definitely love that and I mean obviously can't pass up the academics at Stanford. (laughs) Your parents both went to Georgetown right? Yes. And did they both run there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why not Georgetown? Yeah you know I looked there too it was kind of honestly the biggest thing was it was too close to home like so many things you know I'd be walking around the campus and I'd be like oh yeah like I've seen that before and like I don't know it was just kind of too close to home I wanted I wasn't thinking I'd go as far as California even though I did but I definitely wanted to you know get out of the state um, a little bit farther but so growing up in a household like that that has you know track in its roots like can you take us through sort of like those early stages of like because I believe right in your sort of career trajectory and path like running wasn't the first thing No, yeah, I actually swam for about eight years um, before I started running. I did like, you know, girls on the run and like middle school cross country um, in middle school and elementary school, but wasn't really taking it that seriously. I was swimming and like our swim team was very like strict, like you could only do one sport. So I would, you know, do swim practices and then just go to track track meets and cross country meets and just, you know, see what I could do. Um, So it wasn't until like high school I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to have to choose between the two. And I kind of just made a blind jump into track and I never looked back, but it was definitely helped. You know, my sister was running track in high school. One of my brothers ran track in high school. So, 
you know, I was kind of watching them do meets and I was like, I want to be out there. Like, I want to be racing them. Um, so, yeah, that was ultimately when I made the jump. Have you beaten your sister in a race? Um, I honestly don't know if we've ever raced head to head because she's more like 2-4 um, and I'm more distance. So, yeah, I don't know if we've ever actually raced. Is 600 <laughs> like a good even distance to maybe show down at? Maybe. Honestly, <laughs> that, that might be good. We might have to do that soon. <laughs> so was it a competitive household growing up? Um, it was pretty competitive. It was, it definitely helped. Like even when we were swimming, my sister and I like did completely different events and races. So we never like in swimming and running, never re really like head to head, like having to compete like that. So it was definitely not competitive in that sense, but definitely everything we did, you know, it was always a competition. <laughs> so from when did you sort of start to realize like track is track is my sport like I'm good at it and then it's one thing to be good at it but then you also the enjoy have to find the enjoyment and and like it when did that happen yeah no I mean I feel like I definitely found the enjoyment right away I think I was pretty burnt out of swimming just after doing it for so long and really just wanted to try something new and you know after middle school cross country and stuff you know just doing those races I was like man like I really love this um and so I feel like I found the joy you know right away um and yeah. <laughs> Stanford has, I think, like a rich history of like producing some pretty good triathletes. So how good are you on a bike? Like, you know, down the road, that could be, that could be it. <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot of people have actually like said stuff about triathlons and stuff. And I was like, yeah, I mean, that'd be great to learn, you know? Yeah. I don't really bike much, but everyone's always like, oh, like biking is easy. It's out of the three to learn and pick up. So yeah, maybe down the road, we'll see. <laughs> so one of my favorite things that I've been asking to, to learn about the three of you is like, <clears throat> just like the diverse backgrounds when it comes to just like training setups and what is happening behind the scenes. You, the three of you come out here and you race and like, it's very even, very talented on the track, but then like what goes on in practice, it could be very different. You know, Roisin's doing a lot of workouts solo. Sophia's doing some workouts solo, but you know, in the past is, you know, had college runners like help her out. So what is your training setup like and how does that week sort of look between competitions that ultimately leads you to be at a stage like this yeah no for me it's honestly a lot of solo racing or practice um as well i go to an all-girls school and we don't even have a track so we go to the all-boys school who's like our brother's school and that's actually where my dad coaches um so sometimes i'll get in a workout with like his um group of mindy um and do a few workouts with them but mainly it's running alone and like easy runs are always alone just you know near my house um so yeah it's definitely a lot of solo runs which is Pretty much why I'm, you know, so excited for Stanford next year. You know, I won't have to run alone anymore. AirPods in on those solo runs? Uh, yeah, for the most part. AirPods in, listen to podcasts. Sidious Mag is always a podcast I listen to. Um, yeah. That's awesome. That's great to hear. <laughs> awesome plug here. Um, but music. So it's mostly podcasts. Yeah, mostly podcasts. Sometimes music. We'll see, like, what I'm in the mood for. Sometimes, honestly, if I'm in a trail, I honestly don't like to listen to anything. I just, you know, like being out in nature. It's so fun. But in the neighborhood, usually it's a podcast. A quick break now to tell you about our new sponsor, Therabody. This is a partnership I've been waiting for for a very long time. Calling all you athletes and weekend warriors out there, are you looking to cut down on hours of rest and recovery as you push for that next level? Recharge your legs like the pros with Therabody's revolutionary new Recovery Air Jet Boots. Recovery Air Jet Boots are the world's most advanced pneumatic compression system ever created. For years, runners, bikers, and everyone who spends hours on their feet have had to suffer through leg 
stomach pains and aches after a long, hard day. Clinically proven treatments like compression boots that pro athletes use have always been out of reach. Recovery Air is a groundbreaking pressure massage for everybody, anywhere. With TheraBody's exclusive fast flush technology, Recovery Air flushes out metabolic waste more fully and brings back fresh blood to your legs at three times the speed of competitors. Faster cycles mean faster recovery, so you don't have to wait for the legs to be feeling great. Not just good, great. TheraBody's Recovery Air Jet Boots are the first of its kind. They're truly wireless for anywhere on the go recovery, boosting circulation and radically reducing muscle soreness. And thanks to Recovery Air's super intuitive, easy to use one touch controls, recovering faster is a breeze. I took about a three month break from running. So now that I'm getting back into the routine, I wanna make sure that I'm able to tackle that next day's run feeling strong and recovered. So I simply just kick back at the end of my day, turn on some reality TV and just sit there in my jet boots so I'm not feeling that last run or workout the next time I get out the door. If that's not enough to convince you, maybe it's the fact that more than 250 professional sports teams exclusively use TheraBody products and they're trusted by world-class athletes like NBA All-Star Paul George, superstar footballer Trent Alexander-Arnold, and champion golfer Colin Morikawa. So sit back, relax, and recover. Go to therabody.com slash Sidious to get your TheraBody recovery air today, starting at $690 or as low as $59 a month with the firm. Plus, recovery air's 60-day money-back guarantee and free shipping is included, so there's no risk. Again, that's therabody.com slash Sidious. Check them out today so you can get your legs feeling great. Not just good, great. Then... When you get to sort of these competitions, like very early on, I mean, Rasheen's coming from Wisconsin, Sophia's coming from Rhode Island. It's awesome that the three of you have this open line of communication and like go out of your way to be like, hey, let, let's race together because you guys all get the best out of each other. What's what's awesome about, you know, being able to go head to head? The big complaint on the pro side of things is like the top stars don't like racing each other so often. But at the high school level, you guys are doing it. Yeah, no, I think it's because, honestly, all of us, um, I feel like, I mean, I can't speak for them, I guess, but at least for me, you know, I would rather, you know, race them and, like, hopefully get pulled along to, like, a fast time and, like, possibly get second or third instead of just, like, going and running on my own and, like, maybe having to do a bit more extra work just to, like, get a faster time or, like, not even get that fast of a time. So I think for me, just my mind is just, like, honestly, don't really care as much about, like, winning and losing as I do about, like, just getting the fast time. When you're up against other high schoolers, like at a meet like this, now then the attention does got to turn to winning. <laughs> yes, yeah, no, definitely for this. Like for Milrose, it was definitely more about winning than time. Um, yeah, definitely for this too. The phrase that uh, Roisin wrote on her Instagram caption when it was like the recap of Boston uh, and that race was that iron sharpens iron. So what does that sort of mean when it's the three of you? Yeah, no, it's definitely, you know, it's not like we're working out together, like practicing together, but just I feel like just in the races or even like I said earlier, just even when we're not in a race, like we're always like sharpening each other just, you know, because of our, um, just how we race and like our times that we do. Like I, again, like when they were racing at Boston, like that definitely just made me so inspired and motivated me so much. Um, so yeah, I feel like we're definitely always sharpening each other, whether it's in a race itself or just because of what we did or, you know, further down the line, like working out with Roisin at least and maybe Sophia. So, yeah. Yeah, the subtle little recruiting <laughs> pitch. She's still got an extra year. Is that kind of, you know, she's sitting at number two, but what excites you, I guess, about now you're going to go off to college. You don't have to worry about these all-time lists anymore, but she's got the potential to have the extra year to break Roisin's record. Yeah, no, I'm definitely so excited to see, you know, what she'll do. It's so crazy, you know, when I think about us three and, like, 
knowing that she's only a junior and like is performing so well it's like so crazy so she'll definitely have some really great times next year so i'm excited to watch so with the two of them in addition to the training setup i was curious as to like after hours like when practice is done what sort of the rest of the day look like i know homework plays one role of it and then after that is it like netflix and then just an early bedtime i'll i'll share what they said afterwards okay yeah i mean for me it's honestly i get home from my workout eat something and do homework pretty much the rest of the night usually don't have much time to watch things during the week week i wish i could but yeah it's usually just getting work done trying to get to bed early sometimes it's hard if i have a lot of work but yeah what's that early bedtime um like 10 30 okay wish it was earlier but so you're closer to what Roshin, uh, Roshin shoots for 9, 30, 10. Do you want to know what Sophia's bedtime is? I'm sure it's very late because she also is practicing lacrosse too, right? Yeah, 12 yeah. or 1. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. I wish I could go to bed and still be able to function the next day at that time, but <laughs> probably will not be able to. <laughs> so the other thing too is just the added component of, of your parents being involved in your coaching. So what is that dynamic like and can you kind of explain everyone's different role in sort of the coaching setup? Yeah, I mean, so pretty much my dad does all the training plans. Um, yeah, he's always there for my workouts and everything like that. Um, and it's definitely, you know, some people always question like what it's like having like your dad as a coach. But I feel like for us, we've set up a good dynamic, like pretty much when I'm working out, like he's my coach. Like, I don't really see him as my dad. Um, I mean, obviously you can't really <laughs> take that away, but yeah, for the most part, you know, when he's raised or when I'm working out and stuff, he's my coach. And I feel like it's a great dynamic just to have just cause you know, he knows me like no one else does. And like, you know, if I'm having a bad day or if like something went wrong, like he usually knows like, you know, that's maybe why I'm not performing at my best, like at workouts and stuff. Um, so I feel like it's so great to have just like that connection. Um, and, you know, my mom is always she doesn't play a part as much in the like training plan itself, but everything else, you know, she helps with everything and it's just such a great support. So the track nerds would probably want to know, like, what is your favorite workout? And then also what's your weekly mileage up to? Yeah. So my favorite workout Oh, I don't know. It'd probably be, I don't love tempos, but I like like threshold, like 1Ks or 800s. Um, sometimes, you know, getting down to like 300s, a little more, more speed, um, things like that. Don't really do much outright speed, um, but yeah, like 300s, 400s, we'll like to add those on after a few like threshold 1Ks or 800s. Um, and my weekly mileage is, usually it was about like 35 in the cross country season it got up to like 40 right now it's been a bit lower just because i like just got out of an injury and stuff um so it's more like 30 right now but yeah that's exciting and so uh the question i posed to roshin and to sophia was what do they see as like the other competitors like biggest strength so for you what do you see as uh roshin's and uh sophia's biggest strong suit I feel like Roisin definitely, you know, she has that outright speed. Um, she can go and drop a 53, 400 like it's nothing. Um, so I feel like for her, it's definitely, you know, just having that speed. And I think for 
Sophia, it's having just that mix of like speed and strength, you know, like she, I'm definitely excited to watch her do more miles. Like I know she hasn't done them much, but I feel like she could be really like so great in the mile um, just because, you know, she has that speed and can also run a really fast four, but also, you know, did great in cross country um, and is great at the longer stuff too. So I think just having those two versatile, you know, events and stuff is great for her. Friends, more than 100,000 tickets have already been sold for this summer's World Athletics Championships in Eugene, Oregon. Some sessions have totally sold out. Do not miss out. Buy your tickets today to see the world's best athletes in action at the first ever World Outdoor Championships being held on U.S. soil. You can get your tickets by visiting worldchampsoregon22.com slash tickets. The championships will be July 15th to 24th. It's going to be here before we know it, so act soon. It's going to be epic. With the World Indoor Championships now in the rearview mirror, Oregon 22 has also just launched its Next Stop Oregon campaign, and over the next few weeks, they will be highlighting the inspirational tales of athletes from the U.S. as they get ready to compete for some medals this summer. They kick things off with a behind-the-scenes video with hurdler Devin Allen, so stay tuned for more features from them. Get all your information on Worlds by visiting worldchampsoregon22.com. That's worldchampsoregon22.com. When you look at the all uh, the all time listen just like the two minute barrier like a barrier can get into people's heads whether it's four minutes or for me like five minutes for the mile like <laughs> what how are you going about approaching you know just getting that close because PRs get tougher and like you're inching closer and closer and you know it can be challenging sometimes yeah you know it's definitely really hard for me honestly I feel like my barrier has been just too flat like not breaking it but just getting too flat like I've run like I think six or seven like 201s and just have not been able to get under that like I've gotten closer and closer like to a 1.2 to a 1.1 um, and just not have been able to get that two minute but um, breaking it yeah it's definitely you know everyone you know the barrier is to breaking two minutes and for me I feel like I never really thought about it that much um, and it used to always feel like such a distant thing but I feel like now that I'm getting closer you know starting to think about it a lot more and like you know obviously really want to get it um, but yeah, it's a hard barrier. <laughs> when your contemporaries and like the people who you've raced like are someone like a thing Mo or, you know, Ajay Wilson, world championship finalist, but in, in a thing's case, like the Olympic gold medalist, mm -hmm. like it's not that crazy to think that this next Olympic cycle, 2024 and beyond that 2028 could be the right time for someone like you. When did it stop getting crazy to have Olympic dreams? I feel like just last year after qualifying for the trials, um, it kind of shifted, you know, from not just being like, oh, let's see if I can make the trials, you know, it started to become a bigger goal. And then even just at the trials, you know, making it to the semis and being so close to the final definitely, you know, is making their dream a lot more realistic um, and not seem like so far, like such a far, you know, dream away. But yeah, it's definitely becoming more real. So what did you make of your whole Olympic trials experience? Yeah, it was such a cool experience, um, you know, just great to race like all these, you know, I mean, a thing even just the Olympic medalists, like being able to race her at the trials was like so insane. Um, and yeah, it was such a cool experience also just to go through with Sophia and Roisin. I definitely feel like it would have been a lot harder without them, you know, just like texting them before, like, what are you guys wearing? Like, what is like, are you guys here yet? Like all this stuff, you know, it was so nice to just 
be able to have them there made me a lot more relaxed. Um, and yeah, it was just such a great experience. It can't be hard being the high school kid in, in, in the field of pros. Like, is, is that something that was evident at a stage like that? You're like, oh, I've, I've never been here before. Some people are here for their second trials, their third trials, or like their, you know, 10th U.S. championship or anything like that. Yeah, no, I definitely, you know, running around the, like, tr the warm-up track and everything, I was like, oh, gosh, like, this is kind of crazy, you know, these people have gone through this a lot more than I have, um, but I think it's just, you know, it has to start somewhere, so just to have that experience under my belt and I can use it for the future is so great. Physically during the race, when you're kicking, and they're also kicking, and you can see what the difference between, like, an Olympic caliber kick and a really good high school athlete kick is like, like, what was that like in your shoes to see like, I don't know how they're doing it. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. You know, at the last like hundred, at least of the semifinals, like I felt like I was just like giving it as much as I could and people are just passing and like going so fast. And I'm just like, how are you guys not dying? Like, especially cause you know, just the rounds was something to get past. Like I've never run, you know, back to back like that um, before. So it was definitely like so crazy, but you know, they definitely, have done it before, you know, and having to experience those rounds and, you know, maybe not take it out as fast, like in the first round. Um, so I definitely, you know, had to learn a bit about that, but yeah. <laughs> what excites you the most about the potential that the three of you have? Yeah, I think it's just exciting just to see, you know, um, just in the NCAA world, how, what we'll deal, do. And then like, hopefully after that, you know, um, racing all the pros that we're racing now and like getting that experience, I feel like will just help definitely help us for, you know, track outside of like college and after that so i've got a couple fun questions that i've been asking uh the three of you so first one is typically it'd be like what's the advice for your younger self but since you're so young i'll go to your <laughs> freshman year self like what kind of advice would you share freshman year juliet yeah i think i'd say just um don't be so like nervous before races and like put so much pressure on yourself that you really just like lose like the fun of running. Like I think it's so important just to, you know, keep that joy because like that's what got you into the sport. And like if you don't have that, you know, it'll you'll just won't be able to race as well. Um, and I think just I would always put so much pressure, you know, when I like walk up to the line, like I'll never forget like um, I guess it was sophomore year Milrose when I ran um, the mile against like Marley Starlipper and like when I like, you know, walked up to the line, like I saw her and I was like, oh, like I don't belong here. And like putting all this like negative thought into my head and just doubting myself a lot and just like comparing myself to a lot of the other girls in the field. And um, I definitely, you know, have grown a lot since then and like learned like how, you know, detrimental that is to like your racing. Um, and just, you kind of just gotta walk up to every race with like confidence, like confidence in your training, like you're prepared um, and really can race anyone. Is that, tough in the social media era when like being a high school star you've got fans and like that's got to be a whole nother aspect there's just so much noise getting tagged in instagram stories and seeing articles being written about you guys whether it's like this per you had a great performance or like you ran a disappointing race like mm -hmm. like there's just so much more attention is that tricky yeah it's definitely tricky you know sometimes you know articles will come out with like oh, like, they're going after this record, even though, like, you know, we might have never even said that, but then that puts, like, an idea into everyone's head, and I don't know, it's definitely hard, because then, you know, if you don't get that goal that, you know, everyone was expecting, like, you know, you'll feel pretty hard on yourself, um, but it's also, I think, such a cool thing, like, social media, just being able to see, um, like, how other people are racing, and, like, other people's articles and stuff, I think, motivates you a ton, but, 
yeah, it's definitely a tricky thing, especially just like comparing yourself, you know, people post their runs online and you're like, oh my gosh, how do they run that fast? Like, that's so crazy. But yeah. Wait, so if you're talking about the preview I wrote, I just mentioned what Mary Kane's record was. I didn't say anyone oh, was no, going to no, break not, it. Oh, no, 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 you're good. <laughs> um, all right, so what's the best thing you do to take care of yourself to stay healthy? Um, I think, honestly, sleep. <laughs> Definitely sleep, eating a lot, um, fueling myself. Um, yeah, and also just like not constantly thinking about running, like definitely, you know, hanging out with family and friends and, you know, doing other hobbies that I like to do um, outside of running so that my whole life, you know, isn't just running, running, running. Wait, what are some of those hobbies? Like if I give you two weeks off of running Saturday, you've got a full day, you can hang out with your friends or whatever. What are you doing that day? Yeah, I mean, I love being outside in nature, you know, obviously if it's not like sleeting or snowing out, but if it's nice out, you know, I love being outside or I love to bake sometimes, um, watch movies, TV shows, yeah. Nice. So what's the best advice you've ever received from a coach? Um, I think my dad, honestly, just every, every race, like he usually can feel when I'm starting to get a bit tense and nervous and he's always just like, like you're ready, like you are prepared, have fun. Like I think having fun is just the like hardest thing when I'm like, you know, getting so stressed and anxious and I kind of forget about like the experience that like even if I don't do well, like I'm going to get something out of the race and I feel like, you know, having him remind me just always just to have fun and like, you know, that I'm ready and prepared, I think is just so important for me to have. That's one of the things I said to uh, Sophia was just like how you know, when it's so competition based and you're going head to head and like people can look at numbers and all that stuff, like it's easy for it to be treated like a sport. But at the same time, track is like an extracurricular activity and it, it is fun for people because you get to spend time with teammates and friends. So what part of it is fun for you and what really makes it fun? Yeah, I think, yeah, definitely, you know, having that team aspect. I think a lot of people always forget that like Running is like a team sport, like honestly, you need the training partners and even just like, you know, when I'm doing my workouts, like all my team will like go around the track and they're like cheering me on and it just helps so much. Um, and I think also just the aspect of like creating goals for yourself and like working so hard to get them makes it so enjoying, like enjoyable for me. Um, I just love like, you know, that in running, like you just give everything um, to the sport and just um, try to really reach those goals. And it's so, you know, rewarding when you do. What are you reading right now? I I wish I read more. I It's so hard with school, you know, all the books. But I did um, just start Bravey by Alexi Pafas. I'm yeah, yeah. Butcher her name. Yeah, okay. Um, so I just started that, and I've been so excited to read that. I got that, like, a few weeks ago. But, um, yeah, so I just started that. That's a fun one. Yeah, yes. I definitely recommend it. <laughs> so next one up. Actually, since you do listen to the City of Smag podcast, you know that I ask every guest the final question. So first one is, funniest drug testing story you've got? I've never As a high schooler, you're probably not, not yeah, that often. No, okay. yeah. We, right. were, we were supposed to actually, like, when we did the, we were going for the world record, like, two years ago, or last year, I guess, um, the 4 by 8 they like originally had said that we were supposed to and we all were like freaking out because we were like, oh my gosh, like we've never done this before. What is this like? But they never even ended up doing it. So yeah. <laughs> all right. No story for that. <laughs> Next one up is uh, if you could go on a run anywhere in the world with anyone from history, they don't have to be a runner. They just have to hold a conversational pace with you. Uh, who would it be? Where would the run take place? Oh, it would definitely be with Alice and Felix. Um, yeah, she's just so amazing. I loved, I met her one time, 
um, at Milrose two years ago, but she was getting ready. I didn't want to distract her, so I was like, hi, like, oh my gosh. Um, but I'd love to just have a conversation with her. She's just so inspirational for me. Um, and where? Ooh, probably like somewhere in Greece. I think that would be so pretty. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So wait, did you get yourself a pair of... Uh... Allison Felix's shoes? I never got a pair of the shoes, <laughs> but I did get a ton of her, like, athletic like, brand, like, clothes. I have, like, her leggings, her shirt, like, all this stuff. So, yeah. yeah. So. Well, her brother listens to the podcast, so maybe this is, hey, Wes, Oh, like, yeah, send I a love pair. a pair of shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Final question. You get 25 shots from half court on a full-size basketball court. If you make one, you win $25 million. If you don't make any, you go to jail for 25 years. Would you attempt the shots? Oh, I don't think so, because I know I wouldn't make it. <laughs> Smart move. Smart move. You're a swimmer and a track athlete. No basketball Nothing background. with balls, no. <laughs> okay. All right. There you go. Well, Juliet, I appreciate you taking the time for this and wishing you all the best of luck in this mile at Stanford, just this upcoming outdoor season. I think there's a lot of special things ahead. Thank you so much. The Sidious Mac Podcast is a production of the Sidious Mac Podcast Network. It is produced and edited by Mike Zerzolo. Did you enjoy this episode enough to dish out a couple bucks? Support Sidious Mag by pledging any dollar amount over on patreon.com slash Sidious Mag to join our loyal legion of backers who keep this show going strong. If you're on your phone right now, you can also open up the Venmo app and hit us with a one-time donation to at Sidious Mag. We've also got merch over on SidiousMag.com. Any way you can show your support goes a long way. Thanks for listening. I've been your host, Chris Chavez, wishing you some happy and healthy running. Legs are feeling good. See you next time.